Okay. Uh, you guys have to help me out because I don't know the song too well. Let's start at the very beginning. It's a... A, B, C. One, two, three. Oh, okay, I don't know. <laughs> okay, we're going to start at the very beginning. So, the scripture we're going to look at today is Genesis 2, verse 2 to 3. And um, as Gordon said, we're going to do a, a tag team today. So, we're going to share on Sabbath rest and what that looks like. Old Testament, New Testament. Um, but I'm going to be paying close attention to... Um, Old Testament and what Sabbath looked like then. So it says, By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the Sabbath day, made it holy, because it, cause on it he rested from all his work of creating that which he had done so on the seventh day he created on the seventh day he rested from the work he had been doing or the six days of creation I won't go into that because I want to touch on basically what Sabbath looked like in the Old Testament the time of the Mosaic law just as an introduction um, doing some research into it I wanted to stay true to what the Sabbath looked like then. So I'm going to read a a little extract for you. It says, In the Mosaic law, Israelites who broke the command against the working on the Sabbath faced the death penalty. This penalty was not only um, underscored the supreme importance of observing a holy day of rest as a sign of Israel's covenant relationship with God, but also established as a symbolic truth regarding God's eternal rest. So in Exodus, as Israel was about to embark on the work of the building of the tabernacle, Moses gathered all the people together and said, For six days work is to be done, but the seventh day should be your holy day, a day of Sabbath rest to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it will be put to death. The passage relates to the Sabbath observing the Lord had given the Israel through Moses. So the observing the Sabbath was important and a sign of the covenant between God and his people. Failure to observe this, this critical symbolic covenant was, and if you fail to observe it, you were in breach to the relationship with God and you would actually serve the death penalty. So you couldn't actually work on the Sabbath. So I want to break it down to what it looked like then and break down this verse to four key points. Um, So if you're making notes, the first point is God ended his work. Yeah, The first point is God ended and finished his work. Second point, I'll I'll read out the, the points first and then I'll expand on it. Second point is God rested. Third point is God blessed the Sabbath. And the fourth point is God sanctified the Sabbath. So look at in, looking at the first point, said God ended and finished his work. This is divine completion, divine perfection. So 
on this. Thus says, before this, Genesis 2, 1, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all its vast array. So God had created, God had finished creating the universe, the worlds, men, and um, on the seventh day he rested. Um, and the number seven is a day of divine, is a number of divine perfection, divine completion. Um, and we can also see um, illusions of that, or I hope that's the right word to use, in the New Testament. If we look at Jesus, I thought this was really profound and um, I thought it was really interesting that actually Jesus showed completion and perfection in what he did on the cross because he had seven key phrases that he said before his work was finished and he died on the cross. So just bring everything back to the cross. Um, I'll read those scriptures quickly. He said, Father, forgive them for they know what they do. It said, truly I say to you, today you'll be with me in paradise. Two. Number three, woman, behold your son. He said to the disciple, behold your mother. Number four, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Uh, the next one was, I thirst. And then it's, he said, it is finished. And the last thing he said, the seventh one was, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. So those were like seven key perfection phrases that he's like seven phrases he said before his work was done and it's like a picture of you know it's almost like a picture of Sabbath like completed rested done so the second point I want to go into was that God rested and in Exodus 20 verse 10 to 11 we have the Ten Commandments and in that he said God gave us a picture of rest and that we should follow that pattern of, of rest as well um, as an example to us that rest is very important and the third point God blessed and the word blessed in Greek is the word barak to kneel and um, it's a picture of blessing you know like to bless a son and the fourth point is God sanctified divine separation so God made holy he blessed and then he made holy so it's the Greek word kadash to make holy. So the Sabbath is important to God and to us. And I'm going to tag team to Sister Jute. So I'm going to look at Mark 2:27. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. The New Living Translation of that says, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people and not the people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. What I see from this scripture is what, what, why Jesus was saying this was because the Pharisees had changed the principle of the Sabbath. So they had forgotten all that God had commanded at the beginning. And now the Sabbath for them was a holy day that they should dress up, you know, put a nice cloth on, and the purpose for which it was made had now been completely defeated. So Jesus needed us to go back to why he made the Sabbath. And that's why he's saying here, the Sabbath was made for man. They were now serving the Sabbath day. They had forgotten about God. Uh, they were making the Sabbath day look really beautiful, you know. Um, they had forgotten the purpose for which God had even made the Sabbath. 
So for me, is why did God make the Sabbath? And how did he use it? We have to go back to that again. And that's what Emmanuel has just been sharing with us in Genesis 2. I don't know about you, but if, if I buy a gadget, I usually try and assemble it quickly. And only if it goes wrong, I read that manual. I'm not that one patient to read anything first. So I go for it, get stuck, then I come back. Oh, what did the manual say there? So, you know, it's really important. Let's go back to, you know, why did God make the Sabbath? And how did God use it? Emmanuel has told us a bit about, about, this, um, about the Sabbath and about the beginning. The part I like about it is how God used it. So on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all the work which he had made. That rest is tranquility. God, God went into tranquility from after all the work he had been doing. So this shows us how to use the Sabbath. You know, um, it's so much easier teaching by example than by teaching by theory. So I have three brothers. They never cooked at home, but they are very good cooks. Because when we grew up at home, they were always standing in the kitchen talking with the girls when we cooked. So because they were always watching, they know how to cook very well. And so when they went on to live independently, they were very good cooks. But I had friends who said they never knew how to boil an egg. And I thought, didn't you live in a house where they were cooking? But they didn't know. But so, you see, God, wanted, God, needed, God did not need rest. So if we look at um, Isaiah, Isaiah 40, 28, he said, God, the creator of the ends of the earth, he will not grow tired or weary. But yet God is trying to show us something in Genesis chapter 2 to show us what to do on the Sabbath. It says God rested. He needed us to copy from that. So, Jesus is saying, the Sabbath was made for man to rest. To rest from his toils. To rest from his cares. To rest from his anxiety. For the good of our soul, of our bodies, of our minds. In Genesis, the word that God used uh, uh, rest there is to desist from exertion. You know, come to that peaceful tranquility. And what God also did with that day was he set it aside. Emmanuel was just telling us about that. He sanctified it. He set it aside so we can use it, so we can copy and learn to do it. Not because he needs to rest. He needed to show us his creation what to do with our day, or what to do with that day. So in, in Mark 2, 27, Jesus is saying, I made that day for you and not the day. I made that day for you and for the day. I made that day for you. I set aside that day for you. I didn't set aside that day so that day can be dressed up and then we forget the purpose of the day. For me, that takes me back to um, the beginning when Gordon shared about Psalm 23. He leads me beside the still waters. That comes, that comes back to just that resting place. He restores my soul. That's what's going on then, restoring your soul. Um, Adi, Adi was just preaching about the cross 
when you, when Ade was just ministering now about the cross and where we just you know is we 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 we're, we're dropping our burdens there, we're not taking them on. But God needed us to set that time aside so we can do that careful reflection and sit down and sit in his presence and just get refreshed. You know, the nice thing about the body is, you know, when you don't take time off, somebody, some, we hear things like, oh, he broke down. Yeah, you break down. You didn't rest. You, ro- you walk 24 hours. Then suddenly the body now says, okay, now I need to shut down. And when the body shuts down, you know, you can shut down for a week or two. And you think, ah, I wasn't feeling very well. Yeah, you did need to shut down, but you didn't shut down. So God is just, you know, Jesus is just really encouraging us here to, you know, make use, take, take time away. I, I made that day for a purpose. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't create a day because uh, it wasn't important. I created the day for a purpose. And we know why he has created it. So let's use it how God intended to come to that place of resting. And that's why, you know, in Psalm 23, even if I'm in the valley of the shadows of death, I can't be afraid because, you know, I've gone back there to get refreshed. Amen. 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 Will you get out of your outside yourself? Oh, wow. It's always a bit risky, isn't it? There we go. Yeah. Can you... Morning, church. So just picking up. So Hebrews 9, so Hebrews 4, verse 9 and 11. If you could just have that up. So then there remains a, 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 then, so then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered into the God's rest has also rested from his works, as God did from his. Let us strive, therefore, to enter the rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. So we're going to break that down um, verse by verse. So going back to verse number, verse 9, if that's right, please. So verse 9, just to reiterate, it says, So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. So what is this? So let's, let's talk about it. What is Sabbath rest? So it comes from the word Shabbath. It's S-H-A-B-B-A-T-H. I might not be pronounced that properly, because anyway. Which is also, uh, which also the Hebrew word for Sabbath, which means rest. Which so happens to be in the book of Hebrews, because we're actually reading from Hebrews 4, verse 9 to 11. So, it's a day of rest. So let's go further into this now and see who are the people of God. So, if we read in Exodus 9, verse 5 and 6, God directly speaks and says that the Israelites are his people. Gordon, if you wouldn't mind reading, please, 1 Peter 2, verse 9 and 10. So this will come up on the screen, but it says, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So that is actually pretty direct and actually pretty self-explanatory. But if you've accepted Christ into your life, you are one of God's people. And that verse actually applies to you. So going down on to, what does it mean to enter into God's rest? So verse 10 again, let's just read that on 
who has ever entered God's rest has also re- uh, was also rested from his works as God did from his. So I looked up what does it mean to enter into God's rest. And it's actually quite inspiring to actually read it. It means entering to the knowledge and love of God, having faith that his purpose and in his plans to such an extent we know we are right and that we are not hunting for something else we are not disturbed by. So it's just really, really absorbing being in his presence, really looking at what it actually means, just being absorbed and just soaking in like a sponge soaks in water. It says that we are not disturbed by every wind of doctrine or by the cunningness and craftiness of men who lie in wait to deceive God's rest from work that he did. He refers to the rest after making creation in Genesis 2 verse 2, which, uh, which Emmanuel's already gone over. If we just have verse 11 up again, just to break that down even further. So let us strive to enter God's rest so that no one will fall into the same sort of disobedience. What does it mean? Well, if you read it, really, if you read it closely, it says, let us strive. It's, it's more like an action word. It's a doing verb. It's something that we need to do, that we need to, be, that we need to have comfort, peace. It means to have comfort, peace, and joy, and just enjoy being in God's presence. And by doing so, we not fall into temptation as we are starting from a solid base, that's being obviously Jesus Christ. So it's really just a starting point. It's like what Emmanuel is saying. It all starts at the beginning. And it obviously carries through to the New Testament. And if you can just basically take Sabbath as a foundation and build on from there, you're not going to go wrong because you'll see Christ is there and at the center of it all. So that's all for me, really. But I hope that makes sense. Thank you, Ian.